Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. In this episode of the Weekly Real, we'll be talking about the movie Police Story. But before that, uh, this past Friday, unfortunately, the actor uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played um, Jackie Robinson, Black Panther, uh, unfortunately passed away from colon cancer. And we just kind of wanted to take this time to briefly. Um, mention him and kind of honor him. So Ken, did you have any uh, experiences or any thoughts on Chadwick Boseman? Yeah. You know what? Uh, I mean, first of all, it was just a a gut punch. You know, it was, it was, I, I heard the news uh, through my friend. I got a text. He's like, Hey, did you hear about Chadwick Boseman? I was like, no, well, what happened? He's like, dude, he passed away. And I was just like in disbelief. Like the first thing I did was check to see if it was some sort of hoax. And I just checked my Twitter account. And sure enough, um, it just went through the wire uh, probably maybe five minutes before that. And so it was just, uh, man, it was, I was stunned for like a good hour or two. And so for, for me, uh, you know, with Chadwick Boseman, I mainly knew him as T'Challa, King T'Challa, uh, AKA ba- uh, Black Panther. And, uh, man, after that, I decided that I just needed to do a kind of a mini Chadwick Boseman kind of marathon to, to just honor his legacy and the fact that he just played these, uh, you know, the important roles. And actually I wanted to add one to, uh, you know, your opener. He, he did play Thurgood Marshall as well. So, um, I'll get into like more of my thoughts on Chadwick Boseman, uh, in, our podcast ritual so um yeah for sure man yeah well right now i'm actually like you can't tell because this isn't video but i'm actually wearing a black panther t-shirt um yes. which is kind of on accident yeah uh, i didn't actually pick it out but it's like i just uh it's just a coincidence that i uh wore it today and i think it's just fitting and um yeah, when I heard about it, I, I same thing happened. Like I thought it was hoax. I thought it was, you know, the internet's crazy place, and I thought it was a hoax. So I couldn't believe it. And you know, unfortunately, it was it's real. And um, yeah, I mainly knew him from Black Panther as well. He played the the role perfectly. And I remember this is a quick um, fact. I remember because uh, I remember back in high school. Um, you know, watching 42, Jackie, and Ro- Jackie Robinson. And he, he was awesome in that movie. And, um, I remember he, when he got casted as, um, T'Challa, Black Panther, I actually did a YouTube video announcing him as Black Panther. Uh, so if you actually go on my channel, then that was kind of like my, my first public talking of, of Chadwick Boseman. So I thought it's kind of cool how, you know, it's, he's he was always like there he, you know in whatever like great role that he's a part of so you know i think we just wanted to take this time real quick to talk about him a bit and just remember all the awesome roles he had and um such a great artist and actor yeah i actually uh you know you mentioned your youtube video. actually i remember when you did uh, kind of move some stuff around with your YouTube channel. I was actually scrolling through uh, some of your uh, earlier work, and I actually do remember 
scrolling and seeing uh, that video um, in, in your uh, on your channel. So uh, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned that. And so it, it's it's on Jeremy's channel from what, 2000 and uh, yeah, but yeah. Civil War came out 2016. So they probably announced 2015, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. You were still in high school, right? I think I just finished high school. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, like Ken said, or uh, like Ken said, he he did watch some Chadwick Boseman movies and um, Chadwick Boseman, even though like he kept this um, his colon cancer uh, out of the public, he did continue to keep making movies, uh, doing what he loves and uh, continue and will continue um, to, you know, watch his movies and enjoy uh, those movies in the future. Yeah, I thought it was pretty crazy that uh, a lot of the movies, especially when he gained the most uh, notoriety, you know, starting with uh, Captain America Civil War, going into Black Panther, uh, and then obviously the, uh, you know, the two Avengers movies after. It's pretty crazy with that and 21 Bridges. He did all of this work and he he already had the cancer um, because they said that he was fighting it um, starting in 2016, right? Yeah, he was diagnosed 2016 and kept kept working, kept fighting from there. Yeah, it's so it's pretty crazy. I mean, and you could tell that um, he, you know, he lived his life uh, the way he wanted it. And even if you know he wasn't feeling well on a particular day, yeah, I remember there, you know, there was you know reports of you know just people just making fun of his appearance, which is in hindsight is pretty sad you know, that we do this as a society. Um, and I'm not like trying to throw rocks on that. Cause we, you know, we all do that, but it, it just basically shows everyone, uh, basically tells everyone it's like, Hey, you know, we need to cool it on just being this judgmental because we really don't know what people are going through if they're going through, um, some sort of sickness or whatever they're going through. And so we shouldn't be judging. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, to Chadwick Boseman and his family, definitely prayers for all of you. Uh, so one notable movie or TV show uh, last weekend was involved Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, right after that happened, I mean, um, I ended up just doing a quick mini Chadwick Boseman marathon. I was trying to think of like the perfect movie to kind of honor him. I, I actually went and watched uh, his kind of his debut within the MCU did uh, uh, rewatch Captain America civil war, kind of like the origins of the intro uh, introduction of black Panther as a superhero within the MCU. And then uh, watch black Panther right after that. But the movie that I really wanted to highlight was, and Jeremy mentioned this earlier, is 42. I actually never saw it before this past uh, before this past week. And so I thought it would be it was perfect, uh, perfect time to watch it, because I don't know if you uh, know this, Jeremy, but, you know, like the baseball season just got interrupted among so many different things because of COVID-19. Well, you know, in recent years, Jackie Robinson Day is is a day where all of all of baseball wears number forty two, and mm-hmm. there's like no names. Every and every player 
um, for all the teams will do that. And they have a Jackie Robinson day on April 15th. But obviously, since the baseball season got delayed so much, they decided to move Jackie Robinson day on August 28th, which just so happens to be the day that Chadwick Boseman did pass away. And so uh, for those of you who still haven't seen 42 yet, it's starring Chadwick Boseman and Harrison Ford. Uh, it's about the story of how Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. And I just thought it was just pretty crazy with the timing that Jackie, uh, that Chadwick Boseman passed away on the um, revised Jackie Robinson day when everyone um, did uh, wear number 42 on that day. And he did such an amazing job. You really was rooting for um, Chadwick Boseman because he played Jackie Robinson in such a noble way. I mean, he just had a sense of humbleness to him. You could feel the pain whenever he was kind of going through, um, you know, all the racial uh, threats, all the the name calling and everything. You He really played Jackie Robinson so well. They hit, they hit it out of the ballpark uh, with that casting. And so I wanted to make sure that I honored Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman on this episode by watching 42 finally. I don't know why I never watched it sooner. So, um Jeremy, what was the movie that you wanted to highlight for this week? Yeah, well, mine was you know a bit different, and it was my motivation was from uh, you know DC fandom happened you know a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about that a little bit on our last podcast, mm-hmm. and so that made me check out one of uh, Robert Pattinson's movies uh, that I heard was super good, and it's called Good Time. Oh. Uh, cause I was like, you know, there's this, such this, uh, big stereotype I, stigma on him that he's, he's the twilight guy. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's try to break that a little bit. I've seen him in some other stuff that he definitely wasn't the twilight guy anymore. And I was like, okay, good time. This is another non, very non twilight esque role. And it's about, um, basically a bank robbery gone wrong with his brother and, for the whole movie, he's trying to break his brother out of prison, pretty much prison or custody, police custody, pretty much. And it's a very tense movie, very suspenseful. I definitely recommend checking it out just based on if you want to break that, that, um, that vision of Robert Pattinson is a shiny vampire. (laughs) Sparkly, glittery. Exactly. (laughs) team edward in the house were you though (laughs) i I don't know i watched uh parts of the first one and uh the last one i got dragged to and so i literally spoiled myself by reading all of the wikipedias on the way to the movie theater (laughs) (laughs) it it wasn't bad Uh, it was better than i thought it would be i thought it would be horrible but the the last one wasn't bad (laughs) yeah i (laughs) I watched the the first. I only watched the first Twilight called Twilight, <laughs> and uh, it was funny because we, me and my brother heard about this movie. I'm like, okay, everyone's watching it. Let's go watch it. Just you, me and you, bro. <laughs> then, let's just go watch it. Let's. I don't know what Twilight's about. Uh, I think this is 2008 or something. Yes, yeah, and like um, we got in there, and it's just me and my brother, and it's surrounded by a bunch of like other like 
crying teenage girls. And we were like, this is, <laughs> this might not be for us. <laughs> that's so good. So that's, okay. that's my, tw- that's my twilight experience. I'm glad you uh, shared that. I'm sure uh, I'm glad you shared that story with everyone and not just with me. I'm hearing this for the first time. <laughs> so. I know. That's, I just remembered it right now. Maybe I pushed it out because after that, you know, we got to watch the dark night, 2008, you know, <laughs> yeah, David it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't talk about it much. It's like, I went to go watch twilight, just wow. me and my bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. <sighs> I- I, I don't know. That screams a pot. Uh, what do you call that? A, a, a podcast episode, maybe with your brother. <laughs> we'll do, yeah, we'll, we'll do watch a... the next one. This we'll watch the second movie. <laughs> Continue <laughs> the saga. Wow. But uh, last week we actually talked about Fight Club. We broke rules one and two, and this past Tuesday we um, we ran a poll on our social media. So, Ken, do you want to share the poll about uh, Fight Club with everyone? Yeah. So, uh, we ran the poll on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, like what we normally do every Tuesday after a new release. It was, uh, which character did you relate to more? The narrator, which was played by Edward Norton, or Tyler Durden, which was played by uh, Brad Pitt? And actually, the results are overwhelmingly in favor of Edward Norton's character. Uh, it was basically a two to one thing. So 67%, uh, you know, of our, uh, listening audience, I should say, uh, related with, uh, Edward Norton's character, his unnamed character. <laughs> so. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. Brad Pitt's character, Tyler Durden, he's very much a alpha male, um, very confident. You know, I think most people aren't, that very high level confident type of person because he was basically the the extreme oh for sure for sure and yeah i like if i had to vote on on that on that poll i would definitely pick the narrator as well edward norton because i definitely i would like to be a little bit more like tyler durden but <laughs> uh definitely not <laughs> same here man same here uh, but yeah, if you want to keep an eye out for the polls every Tuesday, you know, it helps us interact with you. Little fun questions here and there. Also, Ken makes some awesome quizzes on the Instagram stories. I find them really fun. Uh, and that's just a good way to keep uh, keep in touch with us and play some games with us sometimes. Yeah, that one's on Thursday. So Tuesdays, polls, Thursdays, quizzes. Check it out. Yeah, at Weekly Real. All right, this week I wanted to share with Ken a one of my favorite movies, and it's actually a foreign film called Police Story. So Police Story is about a police officer played by Jackie Chan uh, who has to protect a critical witness in order to convict a drug lord. So spoilers, if you're this far into my explanation already, uh, spoilers for Police Story, go check it out. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, HBO, please, please sponsor us. Yeah, we'll uh, email we'll... you. We'll get in <laughs> <Yeah>. contact with <laughs> you. We, we love your content, as you can tell. They got some decent movies on there, like Police Story. Very high-octane, high, high octane, great choreography. But, you know, I wanted to share this movie with Ken. Ken hasn't seen this 1985 Jackie Chan movie. So, Ken, 
Uh, what were your expectations before watching Police Story? Well, I have seen several Jackie Chan films. Hadn't seen Police Story uh, uh, prior to this past week. Um, I was expecting a lot of the same that I had seen. A lot of action. A lot of really good fight choreography. And this being a movie in 1985, I was, uh, I was expecting a little bit of 80s cheesiness. Uh, but I was expecting a, uh, a lot of Jackie Chan and um, just like his infectious smile, you know, his on-screen charisma and then just his crazy stunts. And so that's pretty much what I was expecting going into it. And uh, I guess I was right. <laughs> yeah, dude, because the police story is, I think, the, a good intro Jackie Chan movie. If I were to like, if no one has ever seen a Jackie Chan movie before, I would say go watch Police Story. Uh, and if you're kind of hesitant on watching a foreign film, there is a dub. <laughs> so uh, if if you're really that desperate, but I would just say go watch Police Story. Um, but Ken, so this you watched it subbed, right? Yes. So um, HBO Max does have it subbed uh, in. I think it's Cantonese, right? I, I believe so. I want to say it's Cantonese. Uh, it's 50-50. <laughs> it's either Cantonese <laughs> or Mandarin. But I want to say it's Cantonese. Uh, obviously, whoever's listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, I watched the sub version. And yeah, they had subtitles uh, during the movie. Yeah. So how did you feel about watching a foreign film? Because I know the other episodes that we've done here on the Weekly Reel have all been English movies. So uh, police store being the first foreign film. Yeah. How did you, how'd you feel about that? Actually, I don't mind it. Um, because I mean, I had, I, I was trying to remember the last movie that I saw that was, uh, completely in a foreign language. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, I do remember that I wanted to catch a foreign film. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I was trying to catch parasite maybe several weeks ago, uh, since it's uh, streaming on Hulu right now. And that was the winner for uh, I got the Oscar for best picture this past year. And so I wanted to kind of I've already wanted to watch that. So um, watching a movie in a in a foreign language doesn't deter me, uh, de- deter me. Yeah, <laughs> because it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound right. Uh, but normally, like nowadays, I do listen or I'm sorry. Nowadays, I watch uh f- uh movies i watch tv shows uh if if it's at home i watch it with the closed captioning on for the most part uh and i don't know if it i think it actually started with game of thrones so does game of thrones count because they do speak dothraki <laughs> that's true dude game of thrones was definitely a show that i'm like i think cuz i started watching that back in high school i think and i was like i at that point i'm like you know subtitles suck i don't like like words covering the screen but i'm like i can't understand anything these right? people are saying <laughs> so i'm like okay subtitles on yeah i think my love for closed captioning or subtitles actually started with game of thrones because i mean the doth i mean they do subtitle dothraki when they do speak that especially in the first season but when they're speaking english or in the show it's the common tongue I don't understand what there's. I can't understand their uh, their their accents. It's really difficult, and you really do need. You're gonna miss stuff if you're not understanding what they're saying because a lot of the story is in their dialogue. 
And so basically since that, basically almost the last 10 years, I've been watching with a lot of subs. So it, obviously it's different when you're hearing English versus Cantonese. Yeah, I'm going with Cantonese. Okay, that's that's your guess. I'm, I'm, I might have to look it up later. <laughs> hopefully we're not. Hopefully you're right. Don't embarrass us, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to all, all, all the Chinese, uh, our Chinese listeners out there. I know, seriously. <laughs> our bad. Uh, but, you know, foreign films have definitely, like, I think, gotten more recognition recently, especially, like, with Parasite. And who knows? I might even recommend another foreign film in the future called I Saw the Devil. It's a very dark, violent, revenge-type film. Another another South Korean movie, Ooh. and uh, it's definitely not a it's not a good time. <laughs> I mean, like in terms of happiness and positivity and all that stuff. I'm intrigued though. Uh, I I don't need to watch a happy movie all the time. I, it's only in recent times where you know with COVID and everything, I just want to feel good about myself every every now and then. But I will watch some. Horror films, I'll watch some torture films. Yeah, I've watched a lot of different ones. So I'm I'm intrigued. Who knows? I'll put that on the list, as yes. Captain America would say. <laughs> uh, but overall, uh, what did you think of Police Story? Oh, man, I was hooked immediately only because, well, I mean, the sub, uh, the Cantonese helped because, you know, like when you're, when, when, it's a different language that's going on. You really got to pay attention. Otherwise you're going to be lost from the get go. And so um, it was a what, quick montage in the beginning, just to kind of go over some of the uh, characters, uh, especially on the villain side. And so I did like that. They just went straight into it. Um, and, uh, and again, the Cantonese helped in terms of me getting in there, but I was really, really hooked in. Oh, when that opening action sequence did start. I mean, even before that, I just thought it was funny because, you know, the uh, the police, uh, obviously the main one played by uh, Jackie Chan, they're all undercover. And so in the beginning, I was a little lost. I was like, oh, no, who who's who's on the bad side? Who's on the good side? And then one thing I noticed right away was, oh, the good people have like this giant like wire in their ear. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna, obvious. I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for that. And I was like, okay, that's a police, uh, that's a policeman, that's a policeman. And then oh, that's a bad guy, that's a bad guy. And so I just thought it was pretty funny that I I just thought I'd mention that. And man, the but the opening action sequence was just pretty crazy, especially since it. You know, you figured they filmed this around 1984 or ni- like 19- early 1985 when it did come out. It's pretty crazy that that whole opening action sequence is all practical. There's no CGI. Obviously, there's <laughs> like CGI computers. Wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't really a thing in 1985, but it was just pretty crazy that the, the amount of um, the amount of detail that went into just planning all these stunts out just from the 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 shooting part obviously you know that's kind of normal but when it gets to the part where they're in the cars and they're driving downhill through the village through the village and just kind of (laughs) just wrecking through a lot of things i was just it was just crazy and then and then it just led to another scene that uh that 
double decker bus scene. It, it was just crazy. Yeah, dude. Like the, when they were driving through, basically it was like slums, slum houses. Mm-hmm. And man, it was crazy because it's not just that they're driving through the houses, but there's people like around them and in them. And they kind of have to guess when to jump out of the way. (laughs) And I I wouldn't imagine that they did this more than one time. I don't think they would set that that thing back up. So it's amazing how I'm pretty sure someone got hit uh, when the cars were going down the hill. I wouldn't be surprised. Or at least sideswiped. Yeah. I think you I think there is a shot that I think you can see someone get sideswiped a little bit. Yeah, but uh, man, that o- opening action sequence just got me hooked uh, right away. And then, you know, just the rest of the action sequences throughout the movie and the fight choreography. I mean, it's just vintage Jackie Chan. It's literally Jackie Chan in his prime. I mean, the movies that I had seen before were more towards the latter part of his prime. And it, it was pretty cool to be able to see him like literally just moving so cat-like and quick. Um, even just like a simple thing. I think we mentioned it earlier uh, on our pre-production meeting, just a simple thing of just jumping over a fence. He makes it just look so effortless. It's crazy, right? And he's like a real life cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a ninja. It, 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 yeah, ninja would be a perfect, uh, a perfect description of Jackie Chan because he just literally hops over it like it's nothing. And then, you know, maybe every now and then he'll use his hands to actually jump over some, but it's just pretty crazy. Um, also, I there's this one pretty cool um, spot where uh, Selena Fong, um, mm. that's that's the uh, the girl that she was, he was, he was trying, trying to protect. To protect yeah. yeah, the witness. Yes. The witness, yeah. So Selena Fong, in this one scene, it was the apartment scene. And remember, he was tied up. Uh, uh, she was tied up, and then you know he got a tip, but it was really a setup. Mm-hmm. But then it started this whole action sequence, and I just thought it was pretty cool. I don't know about you, but I figured it looked it looked really familiar. And I think that they used this sequence as inspiration for Rush Hour Two. Remember in the massage parlor with like the couches and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe they drew inspiration from one of Jackie Chan's older movies, huh? Yeah. I I just thought it looked kind of familiar. I I'd have to watch Rush Hour 2 again. It's been a while since I've seen Rush Hour 2, but I just got that whole massage parlor vibe during that that film. And obviously it's it's even quicker because, you know, Jackie Chan's what at least 15 years younger or whatever. Yeah, it was. seriously, yeah, 15 years <laughs> younger. Shoot, man, I thought he was like 20 years old in this movie, but he was 31, I think. Yes, yeah, I think it was 31. He was 31. And then um the last thing I wanted to mention in terms of like the action sequence, oh, obviously the the end sequence was just crazy. Uh the in the in the mall, like the whole thing. I was really surprised that again, I'll bring up Selena Fong. I was surprised that she took some bumps dude you know yeah and you can see that it's her like doing these stunts herself pulling the jackie chan herself i know that was so nuts and and even like the what the end credits when they were doing the uh you know the usual bloopers or whatever you see her in there and i was like oh my goodness that is pretty savage the way she just just took it 
Yeah, dude, like that end. Yeah, the 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 mall action sequence is crazy. Just the the fact that he jumped onto a moving escalator. I don't oh, think I, I would w- ever want to try that. Oh, I know that just screams like you're gonna break your legs, your ankles, or your knees, or all of the above. Yeah, I can imagine just like slipping and then freaking breaking your front two teeth on like one of those steps, man. Yeah. And then, I mean, we haven't even mentioned it yet, but then that last stunt uh, where he is just sliding down that pole and then literally all those light bulbs are like breaking and, and just like you flashing or whatever. And then he breaks through uh, like a, what, a glass floor too? And yeah, it's, it's like a, a wooden thing. Yeah, glass floor, everything. Lights, sparks going off, glass breaking. I'm like, how did he survive? I know that it was just not. I actually did a little bit of research on that scene just because it was so nuts. I don't know if you read this, but on that one stunt where he's going down the pole, going down six levels, he suffered second degree burns on his hands because he underestimated how hot those lights would be. Mm-hmm. And then he dislocated, uh, dislocated his pelvis and he had a back injury. <laughs> Yeah. All on that one stunt. <laughs> that stunt was crazy. Like I've I've read this Jackie Chan autobiography and he definitely goes into detail with that. Oh. It's pretty crazy. I think the uh the book is called Who Am I? I think it's called mm-hmm. Who Am I by Jackie Chan. Uh I read it. Totally recommend it. Uh but another thing, uh if you catch that that the beginning of that stunt, before he jumps, he yells. Do you remember that? Like he, yes. he goes, ah, and then he jumps. So what he actually, Jackie Chan explains this on one of the interviews, but basically, you know, he, he's not going to do this stunt like a million times or anything like that. And he's standing up there on the railing, so scared, just like shaking. And then he just hears like the cameras start rolling and they say action. And so he was like freaked out. So he just like screamed and then jumped. Oh, just to psych himself up, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I gotta say, I'd probably have to do something crazy like that, too. <laughs> Dude, that guy's crazy, man. And he's he's basically broken every bone in his body. Really? Did he did he mention that in the book as well? Yeah, pretty much. I don't like in I, th- I think it was I forgot what the movie was called, Armor of God, I think it was. Um, he almost died because he broke his like skull. Oh my goodness. So Jackie Chan is definitely a crazy person, but at the same time, he's such a stunt artist. And oh. if he, if, if there was Oscars for stunts, he would have gotten one a long time ago. Yeah. 30 years ago, <laughs> at least, at least. Oh man. But you know what? I love police story. There were some, uh nitpicks that i that i did have with it um one major one was i was not a fan of may's character at all that may plays uh jackie chan's uh i guess girlfriend friend yeah and so I, I i just didn't like how they portrayed her as weak and needy i mean it may have been like with the times you know in the mid 80s or whatever but Watching it in 2020 for the first time, it, it just it's pretty obvious, and I was just like, ugh. And then, I mean, the the scene that I, that basically highlights that is remember that one scene where Jackie Chan arrives 
there and he meets with her and then he's driving his car but it doesn't have an e-brake <laughs> and then he's like <laughs> and then yeah, like, i forgot about that yeah and he's like oh um can you stay with the car the e-brake doesn't work just hold it i just need to make a f- quick phone call and literally she just waits for maybe five seconds if that before she just lets it go because she just wants to either i don't know talk to jackie or just kind of be clingy or needy or whatever i was like oh. yeah and then it almost killed the car almost kills them <laughs> yeah exactly and i was just like oh my goodness that i don't know that they could have just cut that part out and um i, I wouldn't i it would have made the movie better i think <laughs> yeah i would have to agree with you if i had to like cheat like her role i think if, even if you cut it out wasn't that big of a deal you know it was mm-hmm. mostly there for comedic scenes but you know, so the character of Selena definitely played more of a role than uh, the character of May. So I think you could have cut out the character of May and even like interwove more comedic scenes with Selena and just left May out. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Um, and uh, there's one more nitpick. Um, there was this one part of Chen Kakui. I think I pronounced that okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you did it. You did it. Yeah, it was, yeah. Well, Jackie Chan's character. There was, there was this one part of his character that I didn't quite like, but I'll get into that in a later part of the episode. So, um, that's just one last nitpick I did have uh, with with um, with Police Story. But otherwise, I thought it was entertaining. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, man. When uh, when I first saw Police Story. I like I said last week I did watch it dubbed, so that was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was this time I actually watched it, you know, subbed like you in the possibly Cantonese version. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was kind of weird, uh, you know, also hearing in the, the in the dubbed version that this weird, very strong American accent coming out of Jackie Chan. I thought yeah. that was weird when I first saw it, um, but. Like I said earlier, if I wanted to introduce someone to Jackie Chan, I would tell them to watch this movie purely for the choreography and the stunts and the action, uh, like the practical practical stunts. You can see how much like it hurts, and it, it really looks like it hurts, man. How much glass is flying around, and I would imagine that so many people got hurt in this movie. And I don't know if they would make a movie like this today. And I'll definitely go into that uh, later. Um, but I definitely enjoy this movie. I do agree with you, like your nitpicks for sure. Um, but it is a quick watch. And I do actually, I don't know how they did that one stunt of Jackie Chan parallel parking. I never oh. <laughs> figured that out. That, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't know I how even they did that in 1985. I know he even got a oh good parking from that one random guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, how did they do that? I never figured it out. I don't think anyone has asked Jackie Chan about that. Oh well, (laughs) that's a good question for sure. Um, I wonder if if they just cut it like a a certain way where they did catch like the uh, the car skidding or whatever, and then just kind of I don't know, try to. Because they can't do CGI with moving <laughs> cars like over there, so that is that is a good question. I'm trying to figure that out now as we speak, as you could, as the audience can tell. 
Yeah, because I think that was an underrated stunt. I I didn't have it like in my favorite stunt, but I just remembered it now, and I figured I'd mention it. Um, but yeah, this movie is full of crazy stunts, and Jackie Chan has come out with like so many movies. Uh, so, do you actually have a favorite Jackie Chan movie? I do actually. Okay, so here's a caveat. I wanted to say The Legend of Drunken Master that came out in 1994 because I rem. From what I remember, that was just nonstop action. I just don't remember certain, I you know, like uh, key parts of the film, like the the, the storyline, because um, it, it's been decades probably since I've seen it. It's probably the early two thousands was the last time I maybe watched it on like DVD, and I was trying to see if I can um watch it and see if I can find it streaming so that it would be like the movie that I watch for the podcast ritual. That was actually going to be the original one that I wanted to think. So that being said, I can't say that in good faith. I will have to take the easy cop out and say rush hour. The first one, just because I just love Jackie Chan's um, chemistry with Chris Tucker. Uh, They have really good comedic timing together. Uh, That movie has so many quotables and then uh, even though Jackie Chan was kind of in the latter part of his prime with uh, with stunts, I think by the time that aired or filmed, um, he was 44. So you could tell he was definitely slower in that film, especially when you compare it to Police Story. Um, that, but the choreography is still on point and entertaining. And so I still got to say Rush Hour for me. How about you? Uh, well, besides Police Story, because obviously I think this would be my number one, but uh, another sec- close second would be uh, Meals on Wheels. I don't know if oh. you ever heard of it. I haven't uh, seen that one. Yeah, it's, there's a, some really fun stunts in there. I think Jackie Chan serves a bunch of food with like on a skateboard. Uh, and it's also a lot of cool action. So I feel like that's another movie. It's a, you know, another light Jackie Chan movie that I would recommend for people one wanting to see all his stunts. Uh, when did that come out? Uh, I want to say early 80s. I don't exactly remember. So it was before Police Story? It might have been after. Or, shoot, Meals on Wheels. Sounds like a food truck. Oh, yeah, because they actually do have a food truck called Meals on Wheels. <laughs> come on, guys. I movie oh here you go 1984 right 1984 before. yep interesting okay i gotta find that streaming somewhere yeah and i actually watched that kind of recently i think it was on amazon prime really okay i have prime so yeah i totally i recommend that movie as well so you know jackie chan loves his stunts and i'm sure he prefers everything practical so, man, and nowadays it feels like a lot of action is CG, explosions, cars even. Everyone's like flying through the sky. Like that Black Widow trailer, I'm like, out of all the characters that it's like literally flying through a flying through the sky, I wouldn't guess it was Black Widow, but I can't judge the movie yet because it's not out yet. Um, but yeah, so how do, Ken, how do you feel about practical action versus cg action well i'll answer this real quick because i'm always going to prefer 
practical action over CG action a hundred times out of a hundred. I mean, even the best CG action, especially, you know, nowadays with, you know, modern technology, I feel like the best CG action is when it looks like it's practical. You know what I mean? Um, and and the, I just like it when the uh, when CG blurs the lines with uh, with practical. You know, they just take elements of the practical uh, of practical action. And so uh, CG action is cool, but just to add that element of realism uh, just makes it uh, way better for me. So yeah, because I think one example of mix of CG and practical was that scene in um, Avengers Endgame where the two Captain Americas are fighting each other and they fall from like the the little bridge that they were on and topple up on some stairs. And I think, you know, they, there were stunt performers actually falling on these foam stairs, but because uh, so much of the background and environment is CG, the, the, the weight of the, the stunts kind of get lost a little bit in the CG. Mm-hmm. I could see so, that. So yeah, sometimes you know they do they actually do these stunts practically, but sometimes that the line between CG and practical kind of gets lost. Um, yeah, personally for me, like you can, I do prefer the practical action, but there are times practical action can go really bad. I mean, take a look at Taken Three. <laughs> <laughs> i actually have not so uh oh, i really yeah I, yeah you I, don't you don't need to watch it <laughs> I, I stopped that too <laughs> yeah two was not even the peak one you just watch one yeah <laughs> just one one is, one is the best <laughs> like literally they would film the close-up of like one guy doing one punch like there are three different angles of one punch and they would edit that together and it's like it just looks horrible the editing of it i don't know the way they filmed it sometimes practical action just isn't the way to go i guess sometimes especially if like your actor or something can't do stunts <laughs> yeah. or if uh or if a decor- director can't direct yeah so taking 3 is a good example of how not to do action for sure um but can Ken, what do you think, man? Can a movie like Police Story be made today? Oh, definitely. Uh, but, I mean, with some tweaks here and there, I mean, like when, when this topic was brought up to me, like I, I was thinking more of, you know, the action comedies. Um, I feel like nowadays, especially action comedies like Police Story are kind of few and far between because the action comedies that come out na- um in like 2020 now or or in recent years are practically all ensemble casts you know like the fast series for example there's a lot of um you know stunts or whatever that happen uh, and um there's a lot of comedy that happens you know like the chemistry is like entertaining to me but I mean, there's like so many headliners uh, that are in each of these movies. You know them uh, because, you know, there's like a million Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, But it's it's rare to see like a action headliner like a Jackie Chan, like a Chuck Norris, like a a Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't do that anymore. And I feel like uh, 
who was the last one that what was the last franchise that is like that i mean i know what john wick john wick yeah it's probably and i feel like that's the thing right yeah because i mean john wick i mean that's why it's i think it's popular because you just got that one main guy and you got a bunch of supporting uh characters um that are either likable or uh characters that you hate uh, you know and i feel like they can take advantage of that a little bit more it, obviously it takes the right action hero to do that yeah they and, definitely have the have to have the charisma and the closest person is like keanu reeves with john wick <laughs> exactly exactly how about you um can a movie like police story be made today uh, I personally, for me, I don't think so, at least not in America, uh, besides <laughs> like John Wick or something like that, or Extraction. But I don't even know if is that considered an American movie. Um, I think the because I feel like the liability of hurting your actors is like super high, and I don't think like studios would want to do that in America. Um, especially you see all the guys in police story just throwing their bodies everywhere um the the closest movie besides you know john wick extraction would be the raid it's actually an indonesian movie i don't know if you ever seen it ken i have not it's another like crazy gritty violent uh, martial arts type movie another police crime movie i i recommend it for if you want like crazy action also but yeah, I don't think so, unless it's like the raid. So yeah, I don't think Police Story can really be, I don't think they can capture that magic today. But uh, if you want to let us know, like on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can catch us at Weekly Real. Ken, um, what's our email again? <laughs> One of these days, you got to learn it, but yeah, I know, <laughs> I'm <seriously>. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Our email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and I wanted to ask all of you, who are your favorite action movie stars? Personally, for me, it's not it's no secret. Arnold Schwarzenegger is mine. Uh, Ken, do you have one? I knew you were going in that <laughs> direction. That's why I didn't want to mention Arnold. Um, right now, I got to say my favorite action movie star as of 2020 is an old man keanu reeves Ooh, he just turned 56 man i know john wick and the matrix uh just just those two franchises alone keanu so such a good dude too so let us know guys uh who your favorite action movie star and uh yeah let's take a quick break All right, we are back, and in this section of the podcast, we're going to start with some of our weekly real awards. And our first award is the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award uh, for what has not aged well. So, Ken, what has not aged well in Police Story? Well, I started talking about it in the uh, nitpick section of, of you know when we were talking about the over you know my overall thoughts on the film. Again, it's. Uh, I feel like it's Jackie Chan's character. Um, there's a part of his character that I wasn't too uh, fond of. Uh, I feel like uh, Officer Kakui's 
treatment of May, even though I didn't care for May. I just didn't like how he treated her um, because, you know, like I felt like he was a womanizer uh, in this film. Like he would go out of his way to, you know, just make her look bad. Like in that one scene when he was taking a shower and he was just like, uh, like bullshitting or whatever and trying yeah. to make himself sound good or whatever. And it's for a person that he just met and he's just, she's just literally a witness that he's trying to protect. And so I just really did not like how he treated her. Plus that one scene when May was trying to leave uh, Jackie Chan's apartment. Remember when she gets on the scooter or whatever and like, she's trying to leave and then like, he's like trying to stop her. And then I don't know, she could have got really hurt or whatever, like twice. Yeah. That scene was really cringy to me really cringy really i thought it was super funny <laughs> like her 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 shoe like flew off and all that stuff yeah i i was uncomfortable only because i was like oh, first of all yeah i mean i touched on it earlier i just didn't care for me as a character and it was just like oh just end the scene. Uh, that's just me though yeah there's definitely ways like people can in- interpret that and i definitely see your see your perspective for sure yeah. Uh, but for me, what has not aged well, I actually feel like I was a bit disappointed with the subbed version. Oh, I was actually hoping that it being subbed, that there was, it felt more real, but it almost felt like a dub sub, like, but then it was subbed. <laughs> like, like the audio wasn't right for some reason. It, it, it was a little off. So for those of you who are watching it on HBO Max, you've been warned. But it, it, it's it's still worth it, I think. It's it's a good film. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm watching it subbed now in its like original language, right? I'm like, this should be better than dubbed. And I, I just felt like, you know, that audio, I guess, didn't age well, personally, for it, me. It had to have been a point where maybe the original audio was so bad and just so low quality that they had to try to, uh, I don't know, dub, you know, Cantonese. I'm saying Cantonese again um, so that it, you know, just makes it sound a little bit more uh, like hi-fi, high fidelity. So, yeah, well, who knows? Maybe they'll release (laughs) another version in the future. (laughs) In the 40-year anniversary or something, hopefully. Oh, my goodness. We are coming up on 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and our next award is actually a new award that we just came up with called Get Help. And if you don't remember that, that's when Thor in Thor Ragnarok, him and Loki, do do Get Help. <laughs> yeah. It was just a hilarious, hilarious scene. I think it's my favorite scene from Ragnarok or comedic scene, I should say. Yeah, he's like, come on, let's just do get help. I don't know what I don't know what accent that was. I, I don't I didn't know how I was trying to do Korg or or Thor or, or, or Loki. Loki. It was a mixture of all of them. Yeah. And it anyway, came out all wrong. All of it came wrong. It just turned turned into like deformed Korg. My bad guys. <laughs> but anyway, get help. Favorite comedic scene of Police Story. Ken, what's yours? So my winner of the Get Help Award uh, for favorite comedic scene was, uh, it was that one part when uh, Jackie Chan, uh, uh, Officer Kakui, 
brings home Celine, Selena Fong to his apartment. And uh, do you remember that one part where Selena Fong is just kind of like looking around? He ends up, she ends up finding the uh, that photo of his buddy cop, you know, and he was like, she was like, oh, she just basically puts two and two together that this was like a that whole scene before that, that funny scene before that was a hoax in terms of like a kidnapping or yeah like a pretend serial killer in her house or something like that (laughs) yeah so the part that i like is the part that happens after she realizes that that part was all fake so um so to set up the scene she then um it's later revealed that she has like a that huge tape recorder that's like as big as a VCR, <laughs> she she's she has it in her pocket and she's like recording. And then the the adult adult double entendres. Well, we didn't know it at the time. I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder where they're going with this. But later on, when they played that audio from the tape, the double entendres were just funny to me i was cracking up when they played it on the the courtroom and then yeah yeah, and the courtroom was hilarious but then when i watched it the second time you know just to make sure that i didn't miss anything uh when i watched it last night it was even better because i knew where they were going and so i was like watching that original scene where she recorded that scene and to I don't know, to compare it to like the cactus or whatever, and then the spilling of the orange juice of what actually happened. I thought it was ingenious and it was hilarious. That was my favorite uh, comedic scene. And that is my winner for the get help award. How about, how about you? Well, mine is kind of like very close to that. Also, I I almost went with the serial killer one because I remember my first time viewing it. I'm like, this guy's really bad at killing her. And yeah. you know when they reveal that he, you know he's he's actually a cop, just trying to scare her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. But my my award would have to go to uh, the cake scene with May. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know he's like right away she gets pissed at him for bringing Selena to his, his apartment, and she like slams his face into the cake. And for some reason, there's like three cakes in there. <laughs> And they're all really thick. They're all like, thick and creamy. <laughs> I mean, like they they slam like the cake right at his face, and it just wouldn't like leave. It was weird. Yeah, I don't know where they they got those cakes from. And then he takes a shower because you know he got cake all over him. And then he comes back. You know, like he said, he was dissing May the whole time while he was showering. Mm-hmm. And he got what he deserved with another cake from nowhere. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, May just hits him with another cake. And I thought that was super funny because he got hit with cake, sh- showered because he got hit with cake, and then got caked again. <laughs> he got what he deserved. Uh, that, that was, like Again, I mentioned it before. I didn't like how he traded May, so he got what he deserved. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe that's why. It's like... And maybe that's why they did that. At least portrayed him like that in that scene. Uh, but for our next award, uh, it's the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award? And that line was from Captain America Winter Soldier uh, when it was honestly the best action sequence of that movie. And so we wanted to name an award after it. So does 
the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award. Who do you want to give that to, Ken? Well, uh, that award, the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award, has to go towards that uh, opening action sequence. I mean, I mentioned it to to you earlier. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but it just goes uh, from one crazy scene to the next. Uh, we, you know, driving through that um, the slums, and then it goes straight into the double decker bus chase scene. It, it was just pretty crazy. Actually, I know we are not doing the uh, uh, we're not giving out the award for uh, the Marissa Tomei Award for what has aged well, but I just thought it was funny from the get go. I noticed that Jackie Chan was wearing Chuck Taylors that entire uh, opening sequence, and for him to go through that entire sequence, especially when he's running downhill with Chuck Taylors. I just thought that that was pretty crazy. It just was the cherry on top with that whole thing. Cause I'm a huge fan of Chuck Taylor's and I know how uncomfortable those things are. And for him to do those stunts wearing Chuck Taylor's, especially uh, getting his shoes dragged while he's like hanging off that bus, it was just pretty crazy. And so all of that whole opening action sequence, I think it's actually, it might be one of my favorite action sequences of all time now that i've now that i've seen it so um, dude that's a really good opening sequence perfect way to start this type of movie i know exactly exactly so definitely hands down it was my favorite uh what was your what was your winner all right for me it would have to be the mall scene at the end the specifically the department store uh, when they're fighting and just when Jackie Chan is having this crazy choreography between like five guys, it's crazy. It's like fast and like normally when you have choreography like that, or not normally, when it's not as good choreography, you can kind of see them swinging to miss. But these guys really look like they're aiming to like actually hit him. Mm-hmm. And just for them to also like somewhat break so much glass is freaking crazy in that scene. And like you said, Selena Fong gets in on the action. You have like a motorcycle, like Jackie Chan gets on a motorcycle and drags a guy's butt through a bunch of glass. I think that's my favorite action sequence of the movie. Yeah. Well, there's one action sequence uh, that, well, one part of that sequence, uh, I think it was after it actually. Like the the escalator, like when they're like just doing those like jumps, crazy jumps. I, I wanted to mention that as well, um, because for them to land on stairs or uh, remember when that one dude gets thrown off and then he lands in between the handrails and that <laughs> yeah. is such a little target for them, him to just like land perfectly. I'm like, wow, that was just crazy. I just wanted to mention that just because, well, there's so many scenes. Uh, I just thought I'd mention that yeah these stunt guys were like on point the whole movie and i'm I'm pretty sure like jackie chan this is like his team of stunt performers because i think if you go into the behind the scenes they're wearing shirts that has like jc stunts or something like that Yep. yep and these guys definitely like live up to those to the name of jackie chan stunts man yeah i wonder how like how many hours within a a day they practice this choreography because dude, it's seamless. Like with, with all they do. I know that's nuts. Imagine trying to film action sequences like that today with that precise movements. They're like dancers. Pretty, pretty much. 
Pretty much. Uh, but our next award is the Winter Soldier Award, another award that we actually came up for this episode. And, you know, the Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, just that movie is probably the best practical action of the MCU, I would have to say. And that's for favorite stunt. So, Ken, who would you give the Winter Soldier Award to? All right. Well, my uh, Winter Soldier Award winner. Well, I almost gave it to the end um, stunt, you know, where he's going down the pole. Well, I will mention the the triple replay threw me off at first. I was like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. You really want to reuse that. They want to emphasize how awesome it was. I know. Well, when I watched this the first time, it was pretty late, and I I thought I was going crazy for a second. I was like, "Wait, what's that? What's happening?" <laughs> I wanted to mention that, but out of all of the stunts, my favorite one is kind of a low key one. My favorite scene, uh, I'm sorry, my favorite stunt was that part when um, Jackie Chan's chasing down the um, uh the the bus. And he literally, before he does that, he grabs an umbrella <laughs> and uh, he literally uses the wooden hook at the end, you know, that basically the handle part of the umbrella to use it to hook onto the back of the bus and literally just climb up on it. And then it leads into this crazy fight sequence. And then he ultimately gets kicked off and that looked like it hurt too. Um, I've always been a sucker for you know, random fight sequences where they just use regular everyday things, you know, uh, you know, similar to like, you know, the original Bourne trilogy, you know, when uh, Jason Bourne's using what the pen uh, or, or like the phone book. I just yeah. thought that, that that's, it's like stuff like that, that I, I really do like it because it, it, it makes sense. You know, the, the hook at the end of the umbrella, it's something that you could use to hook on to, to the bus. And so that was my favorite stunt of, of uh police story and it's my winner of the winter soldier award how about you well i actually also have two fun facts for you about the the bus scene the umbrella is actually not wooden and it's actually one piece oh because you know how umbrellas are like in a couple pieces and it's actually just a like a long metal rod so because if you were to do that with an actual umbrella jackie chan said it would break so they had a special umbrella made for that uh, scene. I did not know that. Did he mention that in the book? Uh, I think he might have, but I think I remember him saying it in an interview. Interview. Okay. okay. But another thing about that scene, you know, when the bus stops and like the guys fly out uh-huh. uh, from the front windshields, they were actually supposed to stop and then fly on top of the car. The car, their car, uh, the car was supposed to be their cushion. and so these guys if you go back and watch this scene um you know because of the inertia of the car right and how buses you know their hydraulics work obviously they landed in front of jackie chan on their head you can like go back and watch the scene and they land on their necks man and jackie chan made sure that he completed the scene and then right away go help these guys Oh my goodness, that is crazy! Did, well, didn't they feature that in the um, in the uh, end credits? Yeah, and I wa- also wanted to mention in the end credits. Did you notice the song? <laughs> wait, wait, what song? 
the who who's singing the end credit song? Oh, is it Jackie Chan? <laughs> Jackie Chan singing his end credits end credits song, man. The theme of Police Story. Yeah, he was the original Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And I just love that theme of uh, Police Story. Uh, but personally, my favorite stun, you mentioned it, uh, sliding down the pole. Because I was almost going to choose the the holding on to the bus because I thought that was a really cool scene. Honestly, there are so many good stunts to choose from. Even just simply jumping over a a, a gate was so cool to watch. Yeah. But that, that stunt, sliding down the light pole, was was my favorite. For our next award, it's the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. So, Ken, what was your favorite scene of Police Story? All right. I feel like we've talked about all these action se- uh, sequences. Um, I mean, and, and rightfully so. I mean, dude, uh, Jackie Chan is just, he's probably on the Mount Rushmore for action heroes. its He's got to be on one of four if there wasn't a uh, Mount Rushmore for that, right? Yeah, mine would definitely include Arnold and Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. That's already half uh, half the spots already. But for my Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene, I went with a comedic scene. And so, um, I mean, I really was, I was like, man, I got to, I, I might want to pick the mall action sequence, but I was like, ah, I wanted to go a different direction. So I picked, that one scene, we kind of touched on it earlier when Jackie Chan's police buddy breaks in, quote unquote, and then just tries to scare her uh, with that knife. And then it was just weird because I was just like, OK, what's happening? And like you, I thought he was just horrible at uh, <laughs> trying to kill her. But then it, and I was like, oh, and, and I finally got it that this was like a, a whole setup uh, orchestrated by Jackie Chan. And that whole thing was just comic gold uh i it was almost almost my winner for the get help award uh but i wanted to make sure that i highlighted this as my as my favorite scene because the end when it keeps going and the the weird comedic choreography was always on point too even if it was awkward but when uh selena fong was hitting the friend over the head like especially the first time and he was pretty much knocked out already by that point and then for jackie chan to have to pull a weekend at bernie's and hold him up and pretend to still fight it was just funny to me <laughs> i don't know i'm a sucker for just like dumb scenes like that and i don't know that's just my winner of the avengers assemble award in kind of an upset <laughs> dang yeah that is an upset it's like a very comedic scene but that's what makes jackie chan jackie chan man yeah yeah, I agree. Uh, what was your uh, Avengers Assemble Award winner? Uh, it would have to be the opening sequence. Like you said, man, just the, like the way they open this movie is unlike a lot of movies. Just the way they have the practical action. You don't know what kind of crazy stunts they're you're going into yet. Like going into the movie, you don't know. Like the, Obviously, you expect Jackie Chan, but when the movie starts off with that sequence, you know, you're in for a good time. And just for them to end the movie with an equally as good action sequence is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. And it was a totally different setting as well. You know, like obviously that opening sequence is all outdoors and then, you know, you're ending with 
just this crazy fight choreography in the like the and everything that's going on with the the end action sequence completely different setting with the the mall um you know with all the glass and everything and you know that 1985 like fake glass or whatever still hurts <laughs> i i would imagine it's not as uh it's probably less painful now in in 2020 versus in 1985 especially in like maybe what in hong kong so i don't know if if they would be getting the same i don't know the same materials yeah, for sure, man. Like, these guys wouldn't be landing on foam pads. Like, that's what Jackie Chan always says. Like, back in the day, you're not landing on foam pads. You're landing on either cardboard or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're actually hitting pavement. Yeah, even in a quote-unquote throwaway action se- uh, scene. Remember when um, they, like, uh, Selena Fong and Jackie Chan were, like, leaving in the car and then... Uh, they thought that they ran over that baby in the stroller or whatever, yeah. and then it it triggers that action sequence. Even some of the like the the stunts where they're flying from one car to the other through the windshield or whatever, it was just seamless, and it just looked like it was like Barnum and Bailey Circus or Cirque du Soleil or whatever, but with like you know fake punches and kicks and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, they were so pre- precise and like. I think even at one point Jackie Chan like kicks the door off of the car and yeah. later on they have to drive like with, with the, the door on top on of the, the car. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, police story has so many like great memorable moments. And uh I'm just super curious, man. We have this segment here, one of our favorite segments on the weekly reel where we guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And I know this is my is an this is an older movie. So it's probably not like there's probably not too many votes, too many reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but I am still curious. Um me and Ken are tied at 4-4. So Ken caught up. And yes. today we plan on breaking that tie. So Ken, are you wait, do I look it up first? I forgot. <laughs> no, you, you look it up after you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ken. <laughs> I'm going crazy over here now, guys. But yeah, Ken, <laughs> uh, what's your guess for the Rotten Tomatoes score? Well, well, and we'll mention it again. For those of you who are checking out our podcast for the very first time, these are scores that we come up with uh, beforehand. Like I have mine written down, Jeremy has his written down, and we both haven't looked at the actual. Rotten Tomato score. So, uh, the I'm looking at my notes right now. My guess on a scale of one to one hundred uh, for Rotten Tomatoes, I think they gave it a seventy six. Seventy six. Okay. Okay. We have a little bit of a difference this time. I gave mine, uh, or I guess the eighty five percent. Oh, okay. Okay. So you guess seventy six. Yes. And we're gonna look it up live right now. So no cheating or anything like that. Um, I can spell right. <laughs> that would help. Okay, internet, keep going. Well, with a tomato meter of 93%. Whoa! <laughs> I guess I got the point. <laughs> I was way off. 
What I'm I'm still curious. Did we guess the the language right? <laughs> you gonna look that I'm up still now too? I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm gonna correct this right now before we before we end this. And so while he's doing that, yeah, that updates the score. Jeremy's now winning five to four going into next week. Yep, winning five four. Cantonese, you are correct. Ah! All right. Vindicated. That that should be worth a point. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, Ken. Almost. <laughs> but yep, I'm up five four. I, I finally scored again, guys. Shoot. Yeah. I had my my two week uh actually my two episode streak snapped. And so um we're gonna have to start another streak next week. So you gotta tune in next week to find out. Yep, and for our final award is the I Love You 3000 award when me and Ken rate the movie uh, one out of 3000. So, Ken, what was your score? All right, well, I gave Police Story a rating of 2,364 out of 3,000. That loosely translates to about 78.8%. That's actually a really good score in my um in my rating my three thousand I love you three thousand rating scale. Um, I just I loved everything uh, or most things about the the film. The, I think the nitpicks just took away from my enjoyment just a little too much. Um, and I think if this gets remade for twenty twenty, I feel like they could clean it up, and this could be close to the perfect action film but obviously they have to find the the right action star to pull a jackie chan and that's going to be some huge shoes to fill so um but yeah i gave that a 2364 how about you uh for me i gave it a 2715 so you know there's a big disparity between us but you know that's that's the yeah that's just film you know it's very subjective that's that translates to around like 90 percent and that just shows, you know, that uh, movies can hit us in different ways when we when they view them and how we perceive perceive movies. So yeah, I gave it a 90 percent. Yeah, well, you're closer. Well, your rating was closer to the uh, the Rotten Tomato score. So uh, that sounds about right. I feel like when I'm close with my rating to the Rotten Tomato score, that's usually when I win. <laughs> so that's I don't true. Know. This week wasn't my week. It's all good. Next week, maybe. What What is next weekend, by the way? Oh, perfect segue. Well, next week is another MCU week. And so we are jumping back into the Infinity Saga rewatch. Uh, next week, we will be finishing up phase one of the MCU and doing deep dives on Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Avengers, uh, which came out in 2012. And so I, I know we both had uh, a good time discussing the first three films uh, within the Infinity Saga of the MCU, and uh, it, it's going to be fun to just jump right back in uh, with the next three films and finishing phase one. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to these three movies. I think this is where they find a little bit more of their footing, for sure, in the MCU. And I'm, uh, I'm totally excited to to watch these movies again because I don't feel like I've watched. I don't think I've watched the first Thor in a long time. Yes, same, same. I think the other two I've watched fairly recently. The 
first Captain America and uh, and uh, the first Avengers. So yeah, definitely be looking forward to that, guys. Uh, Ken, where can they find you if they want to follow you on the social medias? Well, on the interwebs, uh, you can find me both on Twitter and Instagram at free Ken A. Uh, that is at free underscore Ken underscore A. Um, where can they find you, Jeremy? I believe you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JP underscore flicks. And uh, if you want to follow me on my YouTube as well or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jeremy Pullen Barrett's movie reviews are there. Uh, definitely keep up to date with me there. So, Ken, um, I'm totally excited for next week. Hopefully, it's better than uh, Iron Man 2 and Hulk. But <laughs> yeah. everyone will have to wait for next week, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, well, there's going to be a lot, uh, a lot to talk about. And so uh, I'm sure we're going to come up with some fun topics to, uh, to debate, maybe laugh. Uh, they'll probably laugh. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to jumping right back into the MCU. So yeah, stay tuned in next week uh, on the next set of MCU movies. Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and The Avengers 2012. I'm totally looking forward to that. Uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>